Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin, and this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Perennials. Many of us dream of working with our best friend in our business. Well, Lalka and Amanda, owners of Soho Hound, are doing just that. And together with their backgrounds in merchandising, communications, and event plannings, plus their passion for pets, they're making a wonderful business. Let's get started. Yes, thank you so much for having us too. We really appreciate it. We're excited. Um, My name is Amanda, and I am born and raised in West Palm. I went to Florida State University and moved to New York after that um, to follow my dreams and, you know, all of that fun stuff. Um, and learned a lot along the way, had managing jobs, ended up in a corporate buying office. Um, and after that transferred back down to Florida to be closer to family. And, um, for the most part, um, finished, you know, my, what would be called my corporate career, um, to start, Soho Hound, which we'll get further into, I know, but that was um, a huge part of my career growth, all of these things. Soho Hound started with Welka and the rest is history. Um, and um, we're excited to get into more of that with you. Um, so my name is Welka and I just want to make a note how everyone always asks, how do you pronounce it? So I will start there. Um, it's L-A-L-K-A, so it's lol and then ka. And this actually might help a lot of people who probably know me and still are confused on how to pronounce it. Um, but it is a Polish name. It means doll. And so I get that question a lot. So I love putting it out there. But um, I am born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. And I am very fortunate to have um, great immigrant parents who were entrepreneurs. And I think their spirit led me to where I am today. Uh, I graduated from Florida State, which is where I met Amanda. We'll go into that. But I left after Florida State and decided to get into the event production world. So I was a senior producer in New York City for 10 years. Um, I pretty much traveled all over the world, 60 hours, um, did a lot of amazing events for clients. Also, Google, Maybelline, and you name it. So it was experiential marketing, worked with a lot of Fortune 100 to 500 companies. Um, after 10 years in New York, that feels about 70 years in Florida. So um, I decided to make the change, leave the city, try out Florida. My parents are actually here as well. Um, so it was nice to connect with them. I had friends down here. And so Amanda and I kind of regrouped after our Florida State New York City days and decided, you know what, let's follow our passion. We love animals. And so Hound was born. Now, something that I love about both of your stories is you have this background in merchandising, communications, and event planning. How did you make that leap into running and operating a a pet sitting and dog walking business? That's actually helped us a lot along the way. We have strengths that, you know, we use on a daily basis that are so useful from, you know, ordering apparel for the staff to, you know, events and things like that. And also just being in the corporate agency world, having the background of A, being professional and B, sort of knowing just how to communicate with clients, with staff, you know, with the community and not 
um, you know, starting from square one and being like, where do we start with this? It was sort of like, we already had a jumping off point. And for Soho Hound, it was using all of those career things that we had learned and just using them in a more fun way. Um, and also for something that we loved and were so passionate about, which is animals. I agree with Amanda. Same thing. I think some of the key things for me is I was fortunate enough to, as a senior producer working in New York City and LA, that experience alone as a young producer um, was something that gave me strength in staff management by having the different um, team members, but also vendors that I manage on a daily basis. I also learned that building relationships are the number one thing. And that is something that you need either in your business, in your friendships with family, just having that connection is so important. Um, so utilizing that with my clients, you know, my teammates, my vendors, I just transferred that over to these current clients in Florida. And um, we did a lot of volunteer work with the company that I was at in New York City, but I also personally volunteer. And I think the one thing that Amanda and I love connecting on, getting together with the community and having that partnership, you know, working with the Humane Society of Tampa Bay, working with Pet Resource Center, partnering up with them and also other local dog walking companies and also other small businesses. That's what gave us a leg up. A lot of people are so scared to go out and connect neck, that's the number one thing. Because right now, seven years later, we're living off so many referrals and we're so lucky just because they can see all our hard work. But we make it a point to do that daily check-in, weekly check-in, whatever it may be, and connect. And we just honestly love making new people, and new friends in the community. A lot of us have a hard time making those connections because we, you know, I hear this an awful lot in the pet sitting world is, I'm more of a, a, a pet person and I'm not really a people person. And both of your backgrounds yeah. lend themselves to working with people and building those relationships. What advice would you give to somebody who doesn't have that kind of background and you know, how can they learn to, to be better at that kind of thing? We would definitely recommend taking advantage of all of the resources in your community. When we first came on the scene in South Tampa, we joined networking groups. We talked to dog walkers that, you know, were our seniors um, in you know, the field at that time because it was all brand new to us. And we came into town. There were dog walking companies that had been around for six, seven, eight, nine years already. And using that more as a platform of, hey, you know, we're new. We'd love to get to know you and learn about your company instead of, Hey, we're your new competition because we learned really quickly that there's more dogs than any of us could ever walk. And so it's not really competition, it's more of camaraderie. Um, and just learning, you know, how they communicate with clients and things like that, you know, talking, like Walka said, to all of the rescue people, you know, as most pet people know, it's a very small community. So once you tap in, to one network or one, you know, foundation or rescue, you pretty much have met most of them. You know, we joined happy hours, we joined young professional groups, things like that to where you can become more confident and talking to people, not only about your business, but learning about their business. And you find where people are so fascinated where you're you're thinking to yourself, oh, we just started a little dog walking business. Nobody's going to care. And they're like, wait, what? 
you started a business from nothing and you quit your, you know, amazing jobs. That's just something that people are so fascinated with. And we just did it because we thought it would be fun and we would be really good at it. And turns out, you know, it's just really interesting to people. So I think give yourself a little more credit and get out there and just be really confident in what you do because people are interested and also they want to learn more. And also they have a million friends, (laughs) you know, and that's potential clients. And one thing I was going to say to that is this is such a fascinating industry. When you tell someone, you know, we own a pet sitting dog walking company, people are immediately fascinated because you always hear the typical nine to five corporate job, you know, whatever they're doing in terms of HR, um, data entry. And so when they immediately hear what man and I do, they want to know more. It's unique. It's different. Um, for us, we don't have a Fun. It's not daycare boarding, so everything is in home. So we're on the go. We're running around, driving around all day. We have an amazing team. So the thing that I think sets us apart, um, and obviously our background helps so much, is the fact that we're extroverts in this pet world. And so when you want to connect with others, when you want to speak, when you are so excited to ask questions, go back and forth, speak on panels, get interviewed. Um, Amanda and I have been doing that for the last seven years and just trying to get our name out there. Um, you know, we also have this platform where we're able to and so we can also, you know, let people know and inform them about rescues because that's something that's extremely important to us. So I think trying to get into this um, job and being shy or an introvert makes it harder. And those are a lot of what the pet world is about. Um, so we're always encouraging people, go out there, speak, connect, make sure you just um, talk to someone. If it's once a week that you put that on your list, you know, don't feel like you have to do it every single day. Don't feel like you have to put a lot of pressure on yourself because I think that's when people shut down and they actually go the opposite way. Um, you know, just because you may not be an extrovert doesn't mean you can't connect with the community. And then you'll actually find that there's a lot of pet people out there who have the exact same fears. Um, and so you end up meeting new friends. So for us, we're fortunate with our background. It was much easier. But for others, we just want to encourage them, you know, just say hello, talk to people. Um, it's really great to connect on so many different levels. Yeah, what I'm hearing from both of you is is have like have more confidence in yourself. Like you you are better at this than you may ever realize. And you're not alone in these fears and that there are other people out right. there even you know other business owners or even clients right that you can get connected to right. that are going to be experiencing these same things so it's going ahead and putting yourself out there like there's there's really not as much risk as we build up in our minds about going out and right. getting connected with people 100% when you go to the meet and greets with the clients and we walk in and you know we talk a lot and we're loud and you know we're really comfortable with the animals and not shy and things like that and people love that if you walk into their home and you're nervous and you're scared and you're not really sure about your services and you're like I just started I don't know what's going on there would be so frightened but even at the beginning we didn't know what we were doing but we you know we were just told them what we do even though some of it we hadn't even done yet and some of it we made up as we went but that's what they want to hear because you're in their home with their pet they don't want someone that's nervous and you know like I don't know what I'm doing or you know I don't know what tomorrow holds it's like yes we're here we're in town and this is what we do now And so we're just, you know, we're going to do it a hundred percent. So I think that's the majority 
of it is you're right. It's just, it's just the confidence. And, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, you'll figure it out, but that's for you to know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Especially for a startup. I think, you know, what Amanda, like the beginning weeks, months, you know, even the first year, everyone looks at it. They're like, you have an amazing background. You guys both, you know, college graduates, you had successful careers. You were in New York City for so many years. So, you know, of course it comes natural and easy to you both. But I think that's something that, you know, we do have that benefit. However, we were still nervous. We still had things that we were trying to flush out. We still weren't sure what's the right pricing, what's um, the services we want to do, how often. And, you know, we learned very quickly that the first year as we were moving and learning every single day, there are things that just didn't make sense. And we were like a year later, we're like, you know what, maybe we shouldn't say yes to everything because we haven't slept in days. And so, you know, Amanda and I learned that from the beginning. And so no matter what your background is, it's not necessarily what college you went to or who you worked for or what, you know, what job you did previously. It's really just finding that passion, loving it, and making sure that you're going to do that every day because it's so much work. But don't panic that you might not have all the answers in the beginning. It literally unravels every day that goes by. And when you learn something new, even if it's a mistake you made, you're not going to do that again because you remember how much hard work it was to fix it. Um, So it's just kind of an evolving process. We always want to encourage everyone, don't be scared. People don't jump into things because they're so nervous. Um, But, you know, once you do it, you just take it day by day. And till this day, I mean, seven years later, Amanda and I are still learning, still making mistakes. And that's just true honesty. You know, it's not perfect. Everyone's like, you have a great system. It's done. It's perfect. There's so many blood, sweat, and tears in the background. There's so many long nights, early mornings. There's so many last minute emergencies, problem solving. I mean, we're still, you know, involved into the day to day. And, you know, that could be a good thing and a bad thing. But Amanda and I just love being part of the company so much. And, you know, it's something that we just always encourage everyone, just go out there, try it out and don't panic. You won't have all the answers. Fortunately, there's Google, so you can Google a lot too. (laughs) (laughs) I want to step back seven years ago, you both are in your corporate businesses in merchandising, event planning, communications. Why did you decide it was time to take that step? and go A, into business together, and B, start a pet sitting and dog walking company? What what was either the trigger or the, the thought behind that? We were on the, the client side of the pet industry, having, you know, jobs where we traveled a lot and needed pet sitters of our own, whether it be in a boarding facility or hiring dog walkers. And we wouldn't have been able to do our jobs without it. So when we both got to a point and it was just very simultaneous and very organic where I was no longer fulfilled, fulfilled in my job. I was, you know, having a successful career and there was absolutely nothing wrong with it. I just felt in my heart that there was something more and I was young enough and, you know, was single and didn't have a family where I needed to, you know, stay in a career and support them or anything. And there was just something pulling at my heartstrings saying, you know, this isn't it. Of course, you can always go back because, you know, but you never know if you don't try something. And, um, you know, 
I think, and Loka can speak on her part, but we both sort of just came to this sort of in the same point in our life. And we didn't know what we were going to do. We needed a break. We literally took a break, a summer off and just brainstormed and, you know, prayed and talked to family and was just knew something would work out because we were both smart and knew if something, nothing came about, you know, we could go back to our other jobs or we could do something completely different. Um, but it just turned out where this just completely fell on our lap. We were visiting friends and, you know, just saw, we were visiting friends in South Tampa and we're talking to people and walking our dogs and people were actually asking us if we were dog walkers and, you know, we love animals, but you know, we don't have a pet background. We just had dogs of our own. And we were, it was just this divine intervention where it was, you know, maybe maybe we are dog walkers. Maybe this is, you know, what we're supposed to do and maybe we'll try it. Maybe it'll last a week. Maybe it'll last, you know, a month, year, but it just really, when people say things just work out and, you know, work out how they're supposed to, this literally just fell right into our laps and we just completely ran with it. Yeah. And just to touch on that, um, you know, I think, the one thing that since we have the audience here, I want to tell everyone, people have this huge fear of failing. And I always tell this and I give this advice weekly to friends and family and just other people. I feel like the failure is not trying. It's not trying and then not succeeding. Because to Amanda's point, you know, the one thing my mom always told me, no one can take your education or your experience away from you. You know, you can... you can get fired, you can get laid off. And all that can be stripped from you in terms of your job and your paycheck. But one thing, no matter what, your education, your experience will always stay with you. So, you know, I would like to just put that out there because I think that's so crucial. People are just so nervous of trying because they're going to fail. And that's what scares them to do that. But the excitement is to try. If it does not work out, you try again and you figure something out. And worst case, you can always do what you did in your other job. Um, but I think when you go back after you've tried something, realizing that it's not still not making you happy, you're going to make that leap. And I think it's, you know, for me personally, leaving a six-figure job in New York City, living in Soho and having this amazing, glamorous, you know, life that everyone saw on the front end, deep down, it wasn't something that was fulfilling. When, like I said, doing 10 years in New York City just feels like 80 years. So it was something that after 10 years, you get so burnt out. And it was at a point where I loved my job so much. And I know that I was good at it, but I was so unhappy and it was starting to show in my job. And once you're unhappy with your job and it pours and spills into your every day, when you are waking up on Sunday and you're dreading the whole day because you know it's Monday and the Sunday blues are hitting you, I think that's when you know you have to reevaluate your life because you only have one of them and you want to make sure that you're fulfilled and happy. And so for me going through that every day and constantly complaining about my job and it wasn't fun anymore. I loved it, but there's a difference. We have to separate it. When you've worked a job too much, when you're exhausted, when you're traveling and you're not even sure what day it is, um, you have to take a step back and unwind. And mm-hmm. I I both did unwinding at the exact same time. Coincidentally, we both were not, we left our companies 
and happened to, you know, reconnect again in Florida. And to be honest, you know, we loved animals. So we knew that was a passion of ours. But for people to come up to us and ask us if we're dog walkers, when we're just walking our friend's dogs, that was just, you know, I feel like God's in there saying, hey, guys, I think you have, you're on to something. Maybe you should dive a little bit deeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's one of those. Well, if, if people are already assuming we're dog walkers, uh, I guess that's something we can go ahead and pursue. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and it was interesting because we were like, do you guys not have dog walkers here? Because it just seemed like there was a lack of it. And we were in this, you know, Hyde Park Village, which is a very common area here. And we were like, no, no, we're just, you know, we're taking a break. We're hanging out. These are our friends' dogs. These are our dogs. And so it just got us thinking. It's like, if people are coming up to strangers who have pets and seeking service do they not have that here and so that kind of when it unfolded everything where man and i started researching and seeing what's out there but i think coming from being clients because if i didn't have my dog walker in new york city my poor dog would maybe not be here today because i was traveling and working so much that until this day i think about yvonne shout out to yvonne in soho for all the new yorkers listening but she was the most amazing dog walker um pet sitter ever and so you know, it's an inspiration of like what she did and how hard she worked. I think about that till this day, seven years later. And without her, I, I couldn't survive. And Amanda used daycare and boarding so much as well for her pets. So we just took all the experience from the client side and we flipped it and then grew our clientele. Have you heard about Time to Pet? Chris Ann from Raining Cats and Dogs has this to say. Becoming a Time to Pet client has been a game changer for us. We can give our pet services clients real-time, cloud-based information they never imagined they'd be interested in. And most importantly, to me personally, I can better manage my company and look forward to more. And not a small thing, Time to Pet is responsive to my request for new features and modifications to existing ones. If you're looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Our listeners get 50% off their first three months when you go to timetopet.com forward slash confessional. Coming from your corporate backgrounds and experiences, what's it like running your dog walking and pet sitting company? And, and, and I guess, you know, do you feel successful in doing that? Well, at first it's scary because you make the phone calls to your family and tell them what you're <laughs> doing, did, going to do. And they're like, well, good luck and, you know, Godspeed, but you're crazy, right? But Nervous breakdown, I think, yeah. was the word my mom used. She's like, you're going through a midlife crisis. I'm like, right. midlife? <laughs> yeah. I'm in my early 30s at this right. time. So, yeah, scary. <laughs> yeah, it is scary, but you do have to sort of have that faith. And for both of us, we just really had a peace about it. And if it had seemed wrong, I think we both would have felt that. Or if one of us was like, I don't know about this, I think it would have been different. But we were both just really gung ho about it and felt really good about it. And, you know, talking about what's more important in your life, happiness is what's important. You don't join the pet industry. For everybody listening, we all know this. You don't join the pet industry to make money or get rich. You join the pet industry 
to be with animals and do something that you absolutely love. And that, you know, the animals give us more than we can ever give them. They love you unconditionally. They don't care what you look like. They don't care if you're, you know, brush your hair. Thank goodness. They don't care what you're wearing. They don't care, you know, if you're having a bad day, they make your day better. And that is just so priceless. You know, there are tough days. There are days where, you know, we're like, what What did I do? You know, I, I can't believe, you know, how much little money we're making or, and then some days, you know, it's like, this is, this is what we're supposed to do. But at the end of the day, we 100% feel successful. This is, we never thought this would last seven years. Not that we didn't think we could do it, but just when you start something like this, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if, you know, there's not going to be a need anymore. You don't know if there's going to be a big company comes in and, you know, wipes you out. It's just so much unknown, especially, you know, I'm sure we'll get into what happened this year. It's just completely unknown. And, you know, we're just more than anything proud of what we've built and just proud of all the clients that we've made happy, proud that, you know, people can go on vacation and go to work every day and not worry about their animals and excited that we're coming and be happy to open their checkbooks, you know, to us and our staff, because without that, you don't have anything. You don't have excited to hire you and telling all of their friends, you know, it's really tough out there. You have a good reputation, you're golden, but you know, just one or two clients who weren't happy, that's, that's, you know, that's, you don't want that in this industry because especially where we live, it's very small, which is good and bad. (laughs) Um, And um, everybody knows everyone. And we just use that to our full advantage. And, you know, it's, that's really how, how it's worked out for us here in South Tampa. And I think one thing, you know, to really touch on is, unfortunately, you know, it's 2020 and we're still speaking like this, which is, you know, that money equals happiness. And I think, unfortunately, that's the thing that we all need to remind ourselves that it's not financials that are going to make us happy. Now, when I say that a lot, people are like, that's not true. If you have money, then you can travel. If you have money, you can buy the boat or go out to eat. And they start listing all these stuff. And I'm like, you're listing everything that is, you know, majority is materialistic, but the other items will fade. And so you'll create those memories. But if you have to always go back to the job you do not like, what does it matter that you're traveling or getting away or going out to dinner or buying that special person, watch, et cetera? So it doesn't matter in that sense because if you have to still go back to that job you're not happy with to make that money, that's not fulfillment. And so the fulfillment part of it, and I tell everyone, and you know, it's such a cliche, and I think people say it too much that so no one believes anymore. It's like, oh, if you find what you do and you love it and you're, you know, that'll make you happy. It's absolutely true. And the reason why people constantly say that is because we're living it. And so when you take away, you strip everything from you, whatever, if it's the big city life, you know, your hair, your makeup, your money, your purses, all that stuff. It doesn't matter at the end of the day, because if you're waking up to a company you build, you love, or you find a company that you can partner up together and maybe 
company culture where you're excited to get up, you're ready for the next project, you know, you're actually not having the Sunday blues. That's the most important thing. So I ask everyone here is like, if you're dreading work, on Sunday to go into work on Monday, that's something you need to reevaluate. And everyone's like, well, what do I do? I need to pay rent. I need to pay my mortgage, I kids, car payment. Absolutely. That all makes sense. But you can still find that thing that you love and excel at. Because what happens is you need to start with the foundation of happiness and build from there. The money will come because if you do something you love and you grow and you expand and you either you build a partner up with the company, all that will come into place. But when people start with money and that's all they're looking for, unfortunately, their happiness goes in the backseat. And to us, that's the most important part of it. Yeah, you start making sacrifices in the sake of money as opposed to your personal happiness or the happiness of people around you. Uh, and you start living outside of your purpose. And uh, that doesn't go too well, right? You face burnout, uh, which both of you sound like you experienced in your other jobs, right? Because you were living outside of where yeah, your passion actually much. was. Uh, you had all the other materialistic impacts of what quote unquote success looks like, uh, but now able to make sure make, make everything aligned, uh, everything everything just just fits, and it sounds like it's a, been a, a much better experience for both of you over the past seven years. Yeah, it has been amazing. We're so fortunate. I mean, I'd be also lying to say not doing hair, makeup, and being in gym clothes every day has really sold us to it. We're in Florida, so we have beautiful weather. Um, so we we don't really miss that too much. So there is that perk. So we, um, you know, a couple of those dollars we may have lost, we did benefit with that when everyone looks at us and they're like, oh my God, you're in gym clothes and you have your hair in a ponytail and you're very relaxed and, you know, laid back look. I'm like, you know what? That's, but we're office and this is our work clothes. <laughs> so that's the fun part about it, I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> Earlier, you mentioned how both of you are still involved in some day-to-day operations for the company. Um, but uh, tell us about your team and how that hiring process was for you when you first got started. Yeah, the hiring process, you know, is definitely something that is scary at first. We do know from talking to dog walking companies and also, you know, listening to podcasts and reading things that that sort of letting your baby go, you know, to somebody else's hands is all, you know, always really scary. For us, it was just something that needed to happen. We started, you know, the website. And after we started the website, and it was official that we, you know, weren't just on Facebook and it wasn't just our flyers everywhere. We really started to grow. And so the opportunity showed itself and we started hiring. We didn't start hiring in droves, but we definitely built up a decent team and um, it never stopped from there. The most staff we've had is 20. And right now we have eight which we're really proud of just because of the year we've had where, you know, in March we had to cut everybody, unfortunately, and that was really sad. And since June, we've been building back up our staff. So the hiring process is really scary. At first, you want that perfect person. You want 
to clone yourself. You want someone to love the company as much as you do. And you know that you can send them off into the world and they're going to think like you and they're going to do everything like you do. But the fact of the matter is, is that's really, really hard to find. And so you hire some people that don't work out and then you sort of find a formula. You find out that, oh yeah, we do need to do background checks. Yes, we do need to talk to references. Yeah, we do need to tap into you know our staff that we already have. And tell them to post, tell them to ask their church friends, tell them to ask, you know, their sororities and, you know, roommates and things like that. But it's definitely the most challenging piece, as I'm sure everybody who owns a dog walking company would agree, because you can't clone yourself. And we talk about that all the time is, God, I just wish we could, because we would have 200 staff, you know, (laughs) we would be all over the country and it would just be like, easy peasy done, but the staff, um, definitely makes, makes it so you can, you know, keep growing and and doing what you love. So there is a fine balance and you find what works, you know, for us, what's worked is college because of that flexibility. You can't obviously have a nine to five and then help us for our lunch walks. That's not going to work. So you know, we've tapped into yoga teachers, we've tapped into teachers who, you know, just teach at night, we've done all all kinds of people. And and we it's it's best to have and we learned to have a diverse staff to have college students to have the yoga teachers to have, you know, the people who just help us help us on the holidays, the people who just help us at night, instead of having, you know, one kind of staff where they can only do one thing and you're, you know, you're lost the rest of the time. So staffing is definitely something that we're always fine tuning. We're always looking for opportunities to find different kind of staff and, you know, things like that. Just, it really, just to make your life easier, you know, that's the whole point. If you were going to do everything, you might as well just not have any staff and then just walk all the dogs, you know, that's, that's not really the point anymore. So, yeah. I think one of the stuff that I think, you know, just to kind of touch on that is the biggest fear that people have, you know, is starting a business or company or making that leap to different jobs. And so once you do that, I think the second fear is, you know, once you figure out website and how do I get LLC or what's my company's name? The second biggest fear that everyone has is, you know, to Amanda's point, we can't clone ourselves. That would be great. But we also need to grow. And so Amanda and I, when we launched in September of 2013, we had maybe six walks. Now I say six walks and that was two clients. Okay. So not six different clients. October, maybe doubled. November, tripled. December got, you know, maybe 40 walks total. Again, a handful of clients. We come into January of 2014 and it just skyrocketed. We had 118 visits that month. When you're going from six in September and in less you know, then six months, your, your numbers are drastically skyrocketing. We were like, wait a minute, some, obviously there's something here. Um, and we're doing really well. Amanda and I are working around the clock, but it's not feasible. If we walk, you know, even if we work 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. or sleepovers, everything, we couldn't even fulfill it. And so it comes to the next question. And a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, you know, they're, you know, their next thing they're wondering is, 
do they hire? And everyone knows the answer is yes. You want to hire, you want to expand, but who, how, who's the perfect fit? Are they going to mesh with the company culture? Are they going to be wonderful client facing? Are they going to have the same love and passion? And I think when you're hiring, you know, for a nine to five, a corporate agency job, which I have a lot in the past. This one is very different because we are dealing with not just college kids, but a different spectrum. It is not a typical nine to five. So you have to balance their schedule. Um, but you're also entrusting them a hundred percent. After we train, they're going in alone and they're doing their schedule that they have weekly. And so we have to let go of those reins. And we felt like a parent at the time. So we actually hired our first employee in February, you know, after that massive January spike. So we're looking at five months once we started the company, we had someone on board. And I mean, I we love her, Emily. We're actually still keep in touch with her. Um, she graduated, stayed with us in college. Um, she's moved on to doing amazing things. But, you know, we think about her a lot because we put a lot of pressure and I'm sure she probably seen it, heard it all because we were so nervous. And thankfully, she was such a rock star and she really worked so hard. So our first staff, we got lucky in the sense where we put all our trust into her and we received that back. So I think it's that big fear of do I hire? How many? They're not going to be like me. What do I do? And I, I want to just tell everyone that that's okay. They're not going to be like you. You're never going to have that. They don't own the company. They didn't start the company. They don't know what that is like. And it's okay. You can share your story. Um, but some of them, it's also part-time. They're not living and breathing this. Some of them are like, hey, I'm going to college. I'm doing something else. You know, I just want some extra side money. And that's okay, too. So I think Amanda and I learned a lot that by building the team, we're allowed to help others. Um, and by giving them that trust, they were able, you know, to be excited and felt like they were their own boss and had their own schedule with their own pets. And so it actually worked out really well, just finding the right people. Yeah, there are a lot of those initial hurdles. And, you know, you mentioned like you hired your first employee and you were nervous. Both of you were nervous about bringing this person on, even though it sounds like it was something that you had done previously. So maybe talk a little bit more about that. What makes what makes hiring somebody for a, a pet sitting company, you know, so so different and unique? Yeah, you know, it's different when you're hiring some someone for a company that you work for. And when you're hiring someone for a company that's yours, it's just a whole other level of, you know, this has to be right. We don't want to put all of this time into this person. If it's not going to be right, we don't want to tell the clients that we're introducing someone to their pets and, you know, that has access to their home and all their personal belongings if it's not right. So the pressure mostly is that, like Alka said, they, they're going to be on their own. We're not going to be with them. We can't hold their hand the whole time. You know, we have an extensive training process where we don't send anyone in blind to a home. And so um, that's something that, you know, we really take pride in and we spend a lot of time in. But at the end of the day, eventually, you know, they are going to be on their own. And so you kind of just have to, you know, pray and hope for the best and, you know, before you actually put them in that situation, you make sure it's okay. And you talk to them. Our interview process, we we end up talking to our candidates at least two or three times um, to get to know them, not just to you know look at their resume, but to also get to know them as a person. At the end of the day, they become part of our family. You know, we communicate with them 
24-7. We know, you know, we know about their family, we know about their dreams and their goals and things like that. So it's not just someone that, you know, you're hiring to come clock in somewhere and you train them for an hour or so and you let them, you know, go and you never see them again. It's it's definitely forming a relationship and you're trusting them with your entire company, which is such a huge thing. So we really, we really try to get to know our employees. And like Walker was saying, you know, they have to really be interested in the culture of the company. When we hire people who it's just a part-time job to them, that's okay. But they really don't end up staying with us a long time. The ones who end up staying with us a long time are the ones who are so interested in the company. They think it's so cool what we did, or you know, maybe they want to do something like this one day and they just want to learn from the experience. Or maybe they're just absolutely obsessed with animals. And it kind of takes like all of those things to make up, you know, our perfect staff. And when you find someone like that, you, you get more confident in your interview process because you think, okay, we can find more people like this because they are out there. We're not the only two people that feel this way, you know? And so that's sort of the process of, you know, finding the right stop. I mean, it is, and it's hard, it's challenging, but there are people out there like that who they're just want to love on the animals and they want to do a good job for you too. Cause they see how much blood, sweat and tears that we put into the company and, um, you know, and they appreciate it. And, you know, it, it just, it takes a really special person. And, you know, just to like cap that off, you know, People always ask, like, you know, how do you find the right person? How do you know if you're hiring right? You know, you'll figure that out once you go through the interview process. And again, spend a lot of time. Like Amanda said, we do extensive with interviews, references, background checks, in-person. You know, this year we're doing Zoom interviews and then we do in-person. So it's a little bit um, challenging with COVID. But, you know, you have to be creative and you still have to do the same thing. We're not going to compromise our process because of this year with the pandemic versus what we've done the last six years. But I also say, you know, some people put so much pressure on the hiring process and finding the right person. Um, you know, that's important. But once you do, the most important thing also is to keep them, to make sure they're happy, make sure they feel that they're part of this team, check in, ask them how they're doing. And we also have all our tools set up in terms of our interview. After the interview process, we do one-on-one trainings of all our apps in the program. We also, Amanda said, we go one-on-one and we train personally to every house. A lot of other companies are like, here, the keys hit in there. Good luck, dogs, nice. For us, we do training on all the harnesses, all the leashes. There's just so much. You have to deal with home things as well. People don't think about, oh, that's right. There's a garage code. There's an alarm. There's a special gate. There's someone, you know, upstairs. Like there's just things that you have to deal with, not just pet, but house. And so I think we have to remind everyone that I know we always try to put pressure in the interview and hiring, but have the tools beforehand so that we can equip our staff with that so that they have a guidebook and be like, what do I do when it is pouring down rain? And I don't, you know, do I walk the dog in the rain? I mean, we get this question all the time. And so in the handbook, you can reference it and be like, oh, I know what to do. So I think it's really important for um, entrepreneurs, business owners, managers to remember that, you know, 
that process is difficult and you have to be patient, but you also have to have all the tools to equip them with them. Because I think that sometimes these mistakes that maybe the staff make and they're so, they're innocent. You know, we always, a man and I look back every day and we're like, you know what? We should put that in the handbook. That's why it's not there. Or maybe we need to elaborate on it because they didn't understand that. Or, you know, we sit there and say, you know, maybe we have to do better time and spend, you know, more time with training and, you know, maybe we rush that process. So we never try to blame the staff. We always try to look back at us and say, you know, what can we do better as managers to give them those tools? Because they cannot be successful without us helping them. And, you know, we always put that, it's it, you know, pressure on us. Because when something goes wrong, I'm like, what could I have done to to make that not happen? And honestly, every single one of those mistakes have made us grown. And we don't, we try not to make it again. So a lot of our mistakes are one time and we don't want to repeat them. But I think, you know, people worry about team and staff. But if you're equipped on the back end, the process should be as smooth as possible. So uh, give us a little idea and a little sense of what it's like running a pet care business in Tampa. Um, so pet care in Tampa is awesome because one thing that, and I don't know if you actually saw this, but um, it was just released in July through Wallet Hub um, that Tampa Bay got voted number one most pet friendly in the U.S. And so when we saw and heard that, we jumped up and down, we celebrated, and we were like, this is amazing. That means 100 more million clients are coming our way. Um, and so living in the city that is ranked number one for most pet-friendly, and we see it all the time, but I don't think that process until it's actually in print. Um, and being able to have so many clientele and um, in just... South Tampa alone. So one fact that we love to tell people that they get so fascinated in, we just deal with South Tampa. So Tampa Bay is massive. Um, we have Tampa around us with St. Pete and Tampa, Brandon. There's so many different areas. But for Amanda and I, we both live in South Tampa and we both do majority of our walks, pet visits, et cetera, um, in this area. The area that we cover is five mile radius. So everyone out there that's extremely jealous right now, and they're like, wait, I'm driving 40 miles, or it takes me an hour here, and this and that, and everything's spread out. I'm so coming, but don't, I'm just, I was kidding. It's spread out. Um, no, but like Amanda and I are so lucky because we have a very small radius, and that's how dense this area is. And so I emphasize that, which is why I think we got number one, and obviously the Tampa Bay area, but just South Tampa alone. Everyone has a pet, a dog or a cat. And if you have a dog, you know what restaurant you're going to. Your dog is going everywhere with you. They're outside. They're playing. There's so many dog parks here. So we're fortunate that the area that we chose to launch this company is an area that we've seen in the last seven years make it to number one. We knew it was very dense with um, the pets here, but it has grown so much. I mean, the, lot, the money that um, Vinick is putting into the city, I mean, you can see the Super Bowl is coming here in February, you know, people are excited about all of that. We're growing extremely fast. And when you come, you know, I don't know if you've been to South Tampa, but it is actually really small. You can learn to drive in a week. And so um, as exciting that is, and we mentioned that earlier that Amanda said this city is small. It could be a good thing and bad thing. You do run into everyone. So, you know, if you're not feeling your best or you didn't brush your hair, you just have to be prepared for it. You know, don't walk your dogs in your pajamas. You know, like people will comment and laugh about it. But 
it is such a wonderful city because the one thing that we've noticed is the community here. The market is so great, not just so it being pet friendly, but everyone really um, helps each other. Everyone's so friendly. I think, you know, I always ask myself with Amanda, like, what would the experience like be in a different state? What would this experience like be in another city? Would it be the same? And it's hard to answer that question because we got very lucky, not only with the weather and the five mile radius and being ranked number one, you know, the people here are what keeps us honest as well, because they're really genuine. They're very sweet. People love asking you how your day is can I help you out and don't always see that often larger cities is a little bit harder because everyone's running around especially you know as a New Yorker I know that um your head's down you're just trying to make it to your next destination but we're we're really fortunate to have so many of the check marks and plus when you're looking Mm -hmm. you know if anyone's trying to open a dog walking pet sitting company we are very fortunate to have such a great community here um and so pet friendly we love it we talked about all the amazing positive stuff. The one thing that we also always try to reiterate is if it was so easy to start a dog walking business, everyone would be doing it. And we've seen so many companies come and go in the last seven years and everyone's like, what happened or why didn't it work? And the things that we hear of the feedback from the community, it's a lot of work. You know, you think about the radius and the weather, um, you know, and how beautiful it is in Florida and not much driving here in our Tampa area. But when you actually lay it all out, I mean, a lot of clients, it's difficult with some pets that have specific needs, either seizures or medicine or diapers, you know, so there's a lot of accidents, there's cleanups. So that's the non-glamorous side. And then we talk about, so the weather is gorgeous, but June, July, and August, I mean, you're roasting out here. You can't even breathe and you're walking six, 10, 12 dogs and you're like getting a tan, but it's not the good kind. You know, the poor pets struggling through that heat as well, you know, and then the house stuff that comes with it, you know, alarms and people home and running around and pets not there. And so like, it's the everyday things that you go through that we usually don't talk about. The only people that talk about it is other dog walkers and pet sitters, you know, in your forum, but in actuality, it's it's definitely hard work. And I even look at our staff, they go out there and it can be raining, it's hurricane season, the heat. And so it's so much that you put on your body and it's a physical job. So people are like, oh, let's play with puppies all day. I would love to say we play with puppies all day. We do play with a lot of puppies, but it's not 27. So you know, with puppies also come puppy accidents. So we always tell everyone, you know, I hope you don't like your outfit you're wearing because it will get dirty. Um, but there's a lot that comes to it. So, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about all the awesome positive stuff to it, but it is so much hard work. And that's why to Amanda's point, you have to love what you do and be so passionate about it because it is the everyday grind of dealing with so many different types of breeds, temperaments, obviously the clients, you know, the weather, driving around from house to house to house. So it kind of all factors in, but we're very fortunate to have such a great balance. Something that I wanted to pick both of your brains on here uh, is something that I find really cool is that you first met back in 2003, as both of you stayed back at Florida State University. Um, what's it been like working together for in, in a business for seven years now? Yeah, that's what everybody asks us. And, um, you know, that's something that everybody kind of wants to know the answer to. And, you know, we talk about it all the time and it's, it's something that not everybody can do, obviously. Um, you know, it's, you have to know the person already 
And jumping into a business with someone you don't know is something that I would never recommend, but I know people do that. And I'm, you know, I'm sure sometimes it works out great for us. You know, we had, you know, lived together for a long time, which I would highly recommend if you're going to start a business with someone young, like we did is, you know, maybe you might want to live with that person because as we all know, you know, you can be best friends with somebody and then you may live with them and you guys might end up hating each other because, you know, the real deal comes out when you actually live with someone and that's the truth. And so, you know, we had already lived together. We had lived together in New York. And so, you know, that was sort of already under our belt and we knew, you know, each other very well, obviously. So, you know, that was something that was already something major that we had been through. Um, and also just finding somebody that you 100% trust. And that sounds really simple, but at the end of the day, you know, there aren't a lot of people like that. The leading foot, like we talked about already for this job is happiness and it's definitely not money. And so if your leading foot with this business is money and one of you really cares about money and the other doesn't really, or you both really care about money, you know, that's going to be a recipe for disaster. For Lalka and I, we're both, you know, just very honest when things are tough, you know, things are tough and we agree and we're like, let's get through this together when things are great. You know, it's like, yay, we did that. That's awesome. You know, pat on the back. And, you know, the advantage of running a company with your friend is that you can high five each other. We talk about a lot of these other companies that it's one man show, which, you know, is completely understandable, but they don't really have anyone to lean on except, you know, maybe their family members or their other friends. But what Laka and I found out really quickly was when you talk to your friends and your family about this business, they don't understand it because they're not in it. And people are like, what is this so hard? It's dog walking, like get a grip. Like, why are you guys stressed? Or why are you always working or just hire someone to do that? You know? And it's like, we, we are doing our best and, you know, it's just, it's harder than it sounds. You know, you're dealing with hundreds of clients, you're dealing with all of these staff. And so, you know, having each other to lean on has definitely, you know, helped in that. And, you know, when you're stressed out, it's like, okay, you know, you're having a stressful day. Let me take this or, okay, you know, we're, let's, you know, we're doing really great. Let's have a day off or, I'm going to cover this and you cover that. And, you know, we hear, you know, like I said, we talk to dog walkers all the time in our area and we're good friends with them. And they always say, well, but you guys have each other. (laughs) And they'll say, you know, they'll complain and, and they'll say, yeah, but you do that and you do that. And it's like, you're right. Like sometimes you take it for granted. It's like, yeah, sometimes, you know, we do pick up slack and sometimes, you know, it's, um, you know, and it's important to do that and being selfless in it, you know, Locke and I, like we both love this company equally. It's not like one of us is out to lunch and the other, you know, is like, you know, I'm obsessed with this. It's like, we're both on the same level. And so she knows when she's away, everything's great. I know when I'm away, everything's great and we don't have to worry about it. And, you know, just being fully transparent and being honest with each other, that is the main, um, the main thing. And I mean, it is a, it is a challenge owning a business and, you know, we go 
through a lot, but we go through it together and it's never like we feel alone. And I think it would be really hard um, feeling alone sometimes in this business because it can be lonely. I can see how it could be lonely if you were doing it on your own for sure. I think the one thing that really worked for Amanda and I, and this might not work for everyone, but I think what was really great is that we are polar opposites on so many different things. I can talk to a wall for like 19 hours and Amanda's like, no, thank you. You know, and she likes to crunch numbers and be on the back end from all her merchandising experience. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'd rather do marketing and front facing stuff because that's what I'm used to. And she's used to a lot of her stuff from, it goes all the way back to our previous jobs. And so the great thing about it is that we listed everything down of what we all like and what we want to manage so that I'm not doing something that, you know, I'm not really that interested in. Um, and Amanda loved it. So we had to make sure to create that separation. So everything that she loved and wanted to be a part of and that she wanted to take the lead on, I was like, go ahead. That's awesome. And vice versa. And there will be things that, you know, we each jump in and help because obviously you need all hands on deck when it comes to things because it's a lot it's overwhelming. But I think that's the most important thing as business owners. If you do have a partner, sit down before you start anything. I know you're going to be like, what should we name the company? No, no, no. Take a step back. Forget the name. Think about each other's roles. Like what role do you play with this company? And what will you contribute that you love that'll make you happy and that it won't sacrifice while you're working so hard? Because nothing is worse than busting your butt you're putting 12, 15 hour days, you're working 60, 80 hour weeks, and you're not happy. And you're just staying with it because it's the company you started and you're hoping something will change. Well, it won't change if you're not changing the way you operate. And so it's really important to be strategic. This goes back to us having all the tools for our staff. Amanda and I needed the tools for ourselves. So we're starting a company and it was like, well, what do you like? What do I like? I'll do that. I'll take that. You know, we started with a to-do list. I mean, seven years later, we don't need a real to-do list. It's more like, I'm going to run with this. She's going to run with that. And we both kind of just separate, divide and conquer. Um, but I think that's the great thing is that yin and yang with our personality and what we love, that's what works really well. You know, if you're going to have two extroverts in a room or two introverts, it's going to be harder. Can it be done? Absolutely. But I think you have to outline everything in the very beginning before you jump right in, you know, and the point to other dog walking companies, we love setting up monthly coffees. I mean, now with COVID, it's a little bit harder, but Amanda and I would do happy hours with a lot of other companies. You know, people are like, that's crazy. You're sitting with your competitors. They're not our competitors. This is family. We all love animals. And some of these some of the best laughter has come from these sit downs because we all sit and we can vent and have that amazing circle of trust and love. Um, and no one's going to understand it. Like Amanda said, your parents, your significant other, your family, your friends, they are going to appease you. They smile and nod and they're like, okay, I think she'll be done soon, but we can go on and on and on. But when we sit down with other dog walking and pet sitting companies, it's so refreshing. Of course, they have to have the same mind like us with we're not competitors, we're family. We have come across other companies. It's, you know, it, you feel, you know, they're a little bit nervous and they go that competition route. But the ones that do sit with us 
Um, it's really, I think they lean on us a lot too, because Amanda and I, and I have each other and they don't. So when they hang out with us and we sit there for hours and hours and talk, they're like, thank you so much. We needed that because we don't have anyone else to vent to or ask like, what do you do in this situation? Or how much do you pay for that? Or where do you, you know, do you have a good vendor for this? We share all our resources. I mean, we sit down with some other companies. They were seven years, they're 10 years, 12 years, 15 years. I mean, they have longevity versus us. But I think with us having the background that we do work so well together, and there's two of us, people really do like sitting down and we can kind of just talk about everything. And, I, and that's something that we're extremely fortunate of. And we have to remind ourselves that having two brains is better than one. <laughs> it is. And, and, you know, it's, it's as Amanda, you said, like, it's trusting. And Lalka, it's trusting their strengths, right? And trusting that these motives are there with the other person, that they're that they're good, that you have best interests at heart. And that that's, gosh, that's really hard to get, especially with somebody that you don't know. Um, so, you know, fast track business school, you know, room with your business partner, I guess, for a little bit to see if it's going to work out. <laughs> and, and go. I think we had we roomed together because we had no money because we drained our savings to start the account. I think that's the truth of it. But Amanda's right. You want to see, you know, are they putting their laundry away? You know, and who's doing the dishes? <laughs> yeah, it absolutely. It does. It does show you a lot of stuff. But it just gets down to like getting to know that person and building that that trust and that relationship. So you know, you've got this these work hats that you wear and you've got these friendship hats that you also wear. How do you create a balance or dividing line between those uh, and to, to maintain a healthy balance? You know, I think that was our toughest thing that we had to kind of figure out together. And the only way to do it is a slow process day to day. The benefit of Amanda and I being roommates in the beginning was really awesome because instead of texting and calling each other, say you did not live together, we were next to each other on the couch, surrounded by all our dogs with our laptops and just figuring out all the problems, putting a plan, marketing, strategizing, and we were with each other. So it was 24-7. So initially building a company and having that close proximity was only a benefit to both of us. Um, it doesn't mean everyone should move out and live with your business partner. It worked for us because we wanted to obviously save money, but doing this together really helped because it was 24-7. And when you're starting a business, your first year to two, I would say first year to three, but mainly your first year, it is 24-7. And you are learning so much and you are making a lot of mistakes, but you hope to only make that mistake once, like I said. So that was um, something that we really benefited from. But once we got the company up and running, we had a team, um, we realized that if we live together, we actually are going to work too much. And you do have to take a break and you do have to take that hat off. And so when we obviously moved out and we got our own places, it forced us to actually stop having that work talk. And we were talking about work 24 seven so that we can have, you know, those personal friendship conversations. Um, you know, we have the same friends from college so we'd go hang out and it was really nice to actually not talk about work. So it is something that you have to separate. It is hard to divide. There are times a man and I would be out to dinner and we'd be talking about, you know, this new movie that came out and I'd be like, on the side, be like, oh my God, did you see that chat from the client? We should respond to it. And then we get into a work conversation and we have to stop ourselves because we're like, 
no, 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 we're out. We're trying to have fun. It's our night off, you know? So I think it's really hard to shut, like shut off work mode, um, especially as an entrepreneur. But if you don't separate it, it's extremely difficult. So it was nice to have those, that life together in the beginning to kick this off. And I think that's what made us learn much faster because we were able to have that, you know, togetherness time. Um, but once we got it up and running and we felt more comfortable where we don't have to sleep, you know, breathe, eat, Hound. Um, it was nice to kind of go our separate ways, start our life with new families and friends and significant others, and you know, share those experiences and you know, not just make this whole thing about work. Because I think that's the hard part. If you just have it about work, it it makes it more stressful. Yeah, it's about creating that space both physically, you know, like you like you guys did, like, okay, we've we're creating this physical space, we're also going to create space with time. So we've got these office hours, we've got these work hours that we can have. We know when we're, we're off the clock what we're going to talk about, what we're not, to keep that going and, and to, to keep those hats separate. Because that is it's really important. You don't want to ruin a, a good friendship relationship with a bad working relationship and vice right. versa. Pet Perennials makes it easy as one, two, three to send a heartfelt condolence gift directly to someone with a broken heart. They have this awesome direct-to-client gift service that takes the effort off of us and ensures a thoughtful, personalized sympathy gift reaches our client or employee. All gift packages include a handwritten card, colorful gift wrap, and shipping fees across the U.S. and Canada. Now, they just launched a brand new offering of an array of milestone gifts and greeting cards that can be sent to celebrate special moments people share with their pets. If you're interested, register for a free account to receive a discounted package pricing rather than pay consumer prices. Since the service is leveraged as an as-need basis, there are no monthly or annual obligations or minimum purchase. Learn more and register using petperennials.com forward slash pages forward slash GPS. Enter the referral code PSC at registration and you'll get a unique coupon code to save $2 off any packages that you'll send in your first 90 days. If, if there's a listener right now thinking about going into business with a with a good friend, or maybe they are already in business with a friend, what kind of advice would you give to them uh, to be successful in that? That is something that um, you have to make sure that you are both 100% all in. And I think that's probably one of the most important things is it's okay to try something and it's okay also for it to not work out. But if you are both not in it 100% and somebody else is doing more work than the other, I think that would be, you know, really stressful. Um, doing something that you both entirely love, you know, would be the most important part of it. And doing something new would be, you know, is even more challenging. If it's something that, you know, you already do and you want to join forces and do together, you know, that to me would be a lot easier, but doing something new is just, you know, and having fun with it. You know, we learn so much along the way. Like Walker said, we learn stuff every day, but you have to be able to have someone that you are comfortable making mistakes in front of we learn new things all the time and we'll mess things up or, you know, I'll say, okay, I'll take care of that. And then I do it. And it is a disaster. And it has to be, you know, with someone where you're like, okay, I did this and I need help, or this was my best shot. Like, 
I need someone else, you know, or we need to find someone to help us with that. Or we don't know how to do this. Neither of us do. Like we need to reach out and pay someone to do that or pay someone to show us how to do it. You know, because at the end of the day, you're really, you're really just making it up all as you go. And everything's new from, you know, bookkeeping to, you know, we, you know, Olga had a marketing background, but, you know, not a dog walking marketing background. And so, you know, she's taking those things and use it for dog walking, but, you know, from building a website to, you know, finding apps, trying apps, using apps that, you know, didn't work and, you know, moving on to the next one. But, um, you know, having humility, I think is such a big part of it. If you have a business partner that, you know, you are intimidated by or stressed out by, and you're like, Oh God, like I was supposed to take care of this, but you know, it's, it doesn't look good or it's not great, or they're not going to like that. I think that would be just really detrimental. And, and I, I just, I don't think that it would last that long, but if you have someone you're like, Oh, Hey, like I learned this, or did you see this on, you know, the new app or, you know, I tried this out and it worked really great. I think that, that part of it is fun. And at the end of the day, you want it to be fun. You know, it's, it's so much more fulfilling when it's, fun and not just like, Oh, here we go again. Like we have to do this. It's, you know, what's the point if you're not having fun with it and at the end it's dogs, you know? So really, you know, come on, there's nothing more fun than dogs. Well, to us. (laughs) And, you know, I think if the, you know, listener was reaching out to us and they said, Hey, I haven't started a company, but my best friend and I are talking about it. Before thinking of, and I always say the name because I feel like that's where everyone starts. They're like, okay, we're going to start this business. What should we call it? Like, that's because it's fun. Everyone's excited. Um, But I think the first step, and like I said before, is sit down and have a real conversation. And the real conversation is, we may start this and this may fail, you know, fail. So what would your feeling be on that? You know, hey, we may start this and we're going to make $10. How do you feel about that? Hey, we may start this and we don't agree on something. What's our best approach? You know, hey, we're going to start this company and we're going to fight you know, should we walk away? Should we wait an hour? You know, should we just hash it out then? Like, so I think the, you know, bottom line is have an open, honest conversation with that person that you want to start the company with. And if you are already in, you know, the position where you both have um, the company together and you're struggling, it's okay. I think the one thing with Amanda and I, we each can tell when one of us is more tired than the other. And so we'll say, take a break take a day off, go relax, you know, we could see your head spinning. So I'll take over and then you take over, you know, another time. And I think that's important when it comes to a business relationship that you're already in is knowing the other person and what are their limits or when they need a break, because it is a lot. And sometimes my limits may be more than Amanda's. Amanda's may be higher in certain things than mine. And so it's trying to find that balance, but reading your partner, your business partner and being able to know that's like, hey, let's take a break or let's table this conversation. Um, you know, so it always goes back to honesty no matter what, but it's being a great team member where you can actually, instead of worrying about all the stuff they didn't do, focus on the stuff they have and help them out to either 
you know, elevate the other things that are sitting and waiting and work as a team together. Or if they need time off and have, you know, it's just stressful and overwhelming, or they have other things personally going on. I mean, that's okay. And so it's important to just come together during those really tough times. And instead of fighting and disagreeing, it's really taking a step back, analyzing everything, come back together and work as a team and remind each other, why did you start this company? What was it? that brought us two together to make this happen and how much work we've already invested. And so right now we're focusing on the small stuff like, wait, you didn't do that and you forgot to pay that. And I told you to research that or whatever those conversations are, forget about it. Because you have to remember that you two started this company together and there was a reason and there was a foundation and that has been lost you know, during that journey. And so you have to go back to day one and remember why you started that. And if you come to a point where you're like, you know, maybe one of the, you know, someone might not be in it as much as they were before, that's actually okay. That goes back to being honest. And so the other person needs that opportunity to figure out what their next step is if they're fully invested. So, you know, all of that is okay, but it just goes back to honesty and really just working as a team during the hard times. Yeah. And I, I like hearing that because it it is, it's being, creating a space that, each of you has confidence and security enough in your in each other and in the relationship to fail, to try new things, and to be honest about that. To go, hey, this isn't really working out for me anymore. Or, yeah. hey, I, I think you need to take a break. And trusting and knowing that the other person has your best interests at heart at the end of the day. And they want to see it succeed just as much as you do. And, and remember that in those hard and those tough times. For sure. It doesn't work out if both of you are stressed out. And, you know, it's just it's best to just sort of play out each other's strengths and, you know, recognize all of that. Cause at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's not brain surgery. We're not saving lives, you know, we're taking care of animals and um, you know, it's, it's just, it's rewarding and, and that's what it's supposed to be. So when you're getting stressed about the little things like Walka said about, you know, paying this bill or, you know, doing this task, it's like, wait, let's take it back. Why are we doing this? It's for the animals. Let's go walk a dog. Let's pet a dog. Let's go see a cat. You know, because that's why we're doing this in the first place. Take and take turns. If you need to like get a calendar and be like, okay, Monday, you're you can be grumpy and I'll rock it out. And then Tuesday, I'm gonna be grumpy and you rock it out. I feel like maybe sometimes you just have to like take turns. And I think this actually goes for even relationships, but I think it's good to have that balance and swapping out because if you're both having a bad day on the same day, it just makes things a little bit harder. So I would say rotate the days a little. Thinking about um, some of your favorite resources that you've used over the years that you use in your business, maybe that you first started off learning from or that you use to this day, what are some of your favorites that more people need to be reading, listening to, or, or using? I love this question a lot because I'm an avid reader. I live for a podcast. Um, when I'm not playing with puppies, I'm addicted to any crime podcast. For anyone out there that has any recommendations for more, I'm running out. And so um, I think that resources, when it comes to reading, podcasts, um, connecting with the community, all of them are so, so, so crucial. So I want to talk a little bit about actually this podcast because we came across it later than I wanted to, to be honest. I wish we were there on episode one with you guys um, because 
just listening to each one back to back. I mean, it's kind of fun because we have a lot to catch up on. So we've been trying to listen to all of them. But this podcast was so informative. And it took like a minute for us to be like, wow, we really forgot about something in this aspect, you know, or wow, we never thought about that. And or we did think about it. That was seven years ago, we should bring this back to the table. So, you know, I do want to start off by saying a podcast like this is what keeps us excited and going. We are in a podcast world now. You know, this was not here seven years ago. Um, if it was, it would have been awesome because we would have listened to you and maybe our job would have been a lot easier, you know. But when it comes to listening and catching up to everything now, and I feel like podcasts got crazy in the last couple of years, this is something that we really, really, really love. And so we connect with so many different ones. You know, we have not besides you guys, but you know, we also listen to um, Bella in your business who she talks about a lot of dog walking stuff. Kristen Lee, mind your own dog business. Um, you know, that's also a great podcast as well. So I think it's important to try so many different ones. You hear different perspectives, um, different angles, they have different guests. And so you're able to learn about so many different ones. But honestly, you're this one right here is the one that got us really excited. Um, you know, we talk about the one that you, it was episode 59, and it was with Natasha um, O'Banion. And she has some really great advice. And, you know, one thing that I will not forget about that, the reason why I remember number 59 is because when she told me or told the world that she does a 10 to 4 gig Monday through Friday, I was like, what? the hell am I doing wrong? You know, and I started laughing and I texted Amanda. I'm like, we're closing the company. That's it. We're not working before 10. We're not working after four. And I was like, wait, I'm not, you know, I don't have kids. I don't know if I can do that. And our poor clients, they would be so sad. And so, you know, it was really fun listening to it. But I think what I learned from that podcast specifically was not about me changing, you know, our business strategy to fit to hers. It was reminding us, what can we do to scale it, to make sure that we are doing the right thing for us. And so, um, you know, we're kidding. We're not going to close down and just do 10 to 4. But it was a really great reminder of how Amanda and I have our hands into everything. We are constantly... Um, you know, part of the conversation with our client, part of the conversation with our staff. And I think, you know, that podcast reminded us to just take a minute and, you know, lean more on the managers, let the staff be, you know, a little more self-sufficient, you know, not being 24-7 available to our clients. And it's not a bad thing. It just means we have a life and they want that for us. And they don't even realize that, you know, if you email us at 5 a.m. Well, I get up that early. So I'm always responding back. And so I'm creating the madness too. So I'm part of that problem. And I think, you know, listening to a podcast like that and others, it just reminds you of things that you're doing and what can you change and how can you grow. Um, and it's really nice just to hear other people's feedback because you're sitting there when I'm listening to it in my car or walking the dog, I'm like, we're not crazy. They're going to do the exact same thing. And so I think that we love that. It's, so it's a a virtual community and to connect to so many different states, you know, from my living room or in my car, I think that is the gift of podcasts. So I, I, you know, I'm preaching a lot on podcasts, but I do love it. And I think that's great. Um, the other thing that we would highly recommend is what vendors are you using? So if you're using Time to Pet for your app, like they have such great articles, you know, they do client spotlights, they have such great feedback. They're also connected with so many different companies, you know, 
talk to them, see what their newsletters are like, um, what insurance companies you use, pet sitters associates is who we use. And so we get feedback and information from them. They have forums that we use. There's a lot of Facebook groups. So we encourage, you know, going through all that. If you're thinking of starting company, be part of that now. You don't have to purchase all of that. You can literally just learn on Facebook groups, make phone calls, ask for just an information meeting. Um, people really love that. They want to inspire others. They want to help. There's a, there's a lot of people that actually would love to help. Um, so I think it's just making that phone call, dropping that email, setting up that coffee chat. Um, the other thing is shelters. We, like we said, we work with Humane Society and the Pet Resource Center, you know, the county shelter, just talking to them and touring their shelters and learning what their everyday life is and what they need and how we can help as a company and use this platform to promote rescues is something that we're so fortunate. And so even connecting with them, we've learned so much, um, you know, and plus they also have uh, team members that are part-time there and they want to be part-time dog walkers. So even connecting to get, you know, build your team up in that community is extremely helpful. Um, but the only other thing is reading. I think that's fundamental. That is extremely important. And it's the one book that has got me through a lot of this from a business perspective. And it's one of my favorites. And I literally hand it out like candy or I tell everyone to download it and read it. But um, Tony Shea's book, which is called Delivering Happiness. I don't know if you read it, but he's uh, one of the founders from Zappos. And he talks solely about company culture and quitting working for different companies so that he could find happiness in what he does. And he did accomplish that today. And he has um, been doing it for you know so many years now. But when you read the book, you, you hear his story from the start to end and how he gave up so much money. And I'm talking millions of dollars, you know, of just to find happiness. Well, others would have stayed in his job, worked for Microsoft, those big corporate companies. And they would be like, absolutely not, I'm not getting rid of my bonus or I'm going to stay here six more months so I can get my bonus and then I'm going to quit. And so he talks about the journey of how everyone that's finding their way through just that financial footing is not going to be happy and making that leap early on because some people don't want to take that risk. They're very nervous to make that leap. And so if you stay, the longer you stay, you'll be shocked that sometimes you're like, wait, why am I here a year later? I thought I was going to quit a year ago. And sometimes, you know, making that leap is when you're excited, you're ready, just do it. And he talks about that journey. So I really recommend that book because I think it's something that um, people need to understand that someone who um, had the opportunity to make millions would turn it down so that they can just build a company from the ground up. And, you know, full circle, he is making millions. So it all worked out and benefit. But he, you know, he talks a lot about company culture. Um, and Zappos has been featured on every single, you know, Fortune 100, 100, 500 company. People are following their ethos. People are even writing, texting, emailing, finding out like, what do you guys do differently? When, how can I bring that to the table? And when he talks about his interview process and getting to know people and just asking personal questions, you know, and having an, uh, an HR person for the business, but then having a company culture person interview to see if you're, you know, if you mesh with the company. And I think that's really oh, important. Yeah. When Amanda and I do the hiring process, we want to be like, we're talking to this person every day. Can we connect with them? Can we envision talking all the time and emailing and having, you know, them at staff events and volunteer events? So, you know, that book, um, 
is something that's really great for those who want to feel inspired and they're not sure how to maybe make that first step. I think it's a great book to start with. I'll make sure and have links to everything that you've included in the show notes and on the webpage so people can go and listen to those. And thank you so much for your kind words about um, this podcast. It really does. It means an awful lot uh, to know that it's having that impact. And um, Natasha's awesome. I would love every time I get to talk with her about all that stuff. She's um, so fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and it, that, that's our that's our goal: bring a diversity of backgrounds, voices, and influences, um, and get people to telling their stories. Because that's just it's something that we all need, especially in years like twenty twenty. Uh, and so we're right. we're <laughs> we're really thankful for that for the opportunity and and for um, you guys coming on today. I, I know we kind of blitzkrieged through seven years of a lot of work, <laughs> hard work, uh, and stuff that you you two have been working on. So I know there's a lot of questions left out there. Um, if listeners want to get connected, follow along, and uh, see everything that you are doing, how best can they do that? The best way is to follow our Instagram. And it's just at Soho Hound, one word. You can see all of our clients, all of our staff, all the fun things we do, all the events we attend, all the events that we throw, and things like that. And also, um, if they want to get in touch with us, they can go to our website. And it is SohoHound.com. Awesome. Really cool. Thank you two so much for coming on today. It's been a real pleasure. I love hearing your story and how uh, you guys are working together uh, to make a really awesome business that both of you are so passionate about and that it's feeding you and making sure that you guys are are living that dream and living that happiness. I just, I, I love the story. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. Thank, thank you for having us. Yeah, we appreciate it so much. We know how hard it is to put all this together. So we love the fact that you are connecting everyone um, via this podcast. So we're thankful. Thank you so much. I had two big takeaways from my conversation with Amanda and Lolka. The first one was to have confidence in yourself that you are enough and that you are capable. That really struck a chord with me, especially going through last year when there was a lot of self-doubt going on. It's still true today, so I hope that you're able to take that one away with you as well. The second one is that if you're going to go into business with a friend, to have good boundaries, to have good systems in place, and to trust the other person. Trust is so key in everything that we do. It's at the core of our business. Clients trust us to take care of their pets, to be reliable, to be moral, to be ethical. We have to extend that same trust and even more so to our friends, to our family, to those that we bring into our business to take part into that. We bring them in for a reason. We recognize their strength and then we trust them to accomplish the goals that they have and that we all want to see success in the business. A big thank you to this week's sponsors, Time to Pet and Pet Perennials, and a huge thank you to you for listening, for sharing, and for being part of this growing community. Megan and I thank you so, so much for your support and for your generosity and for tuning in every single week. We hope you have a wonderful weekend, and we'll be back again on Monday.